always, it's such a wonderful joy to be with you all. When we have the opportunity, the blessing to come from San Antonio to Tyler, Texas, and be with our church family here in Church of the Church on the Move, we sense the genuine love of God here, and we so appreciate it. We don't take it for granted. We thank you, each and every one of you. This morning, the I before we begin, though, let's let's go ahead and let's pray. Father God, we worship you. We honor you. We give you praise and glory and adoration. We thank you so much, Lord God, that you give us the opportunity to be together as, as the body of Christ. And Holy Spirit, I'm trusting you to move through me and to speak to, through me to touch your people's lives. We honor you in Jesus' mighty name. I'm extremely honored to be here to be able to deliver the word of God that he's placed inside of my heart. And this morning... Uh, the title of my message is A Woman of Prayer, but not that. I want to tell you about a man of God that has influenced my life, not only to be a woman of prayer, but to be a strong woman of prayer. And not only to be a strong woman of prayer, but to be a strong woman of persistent prayer. And that man of God happens to be Pastor Marvin. He has influenced my life. Before I start, though, I get to share a little bit of our... (laughs) I get to share a little bit of our... uh, A little childhood story. Isn't that a precious face? That is my most favorite picture. Isn't it loving and sweet? Well, let me share something with you. Being the eldest of the the family, Miss Viola's children, I had the opportunity to be their babysitter. And on one of these occasions, let me share this, one of these occasions of my babysitting task, well, Pastor Marvin, being the younger sibling, had this determination that he was going to do something. I don't even remember what it was, but he was determined that that's what he was going to do. And, you know, having the power, we went into this power struggle, you know, being the, the oldest child, being the responsible babysitter. Of, of course, I wasn't going to allow that. You know, so this power struggle turned into a he became this little sweet little boy up there that you see. He became this kicking machine. <laughs> and the funny thing about all that is at, we just sat down on, on our kitchen table. I mean, not kitchen table, on the kitchen floor, I remember. And we just both started crying. <laughs> and I looked over at that precious little face. And I was just moved. And I began, and I apologized. I said, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean to you. I just want to keep you from trouble. And he looked at me and he said, I'm sorry for kicking you. And you know, we had each other's best interest at heart. Well, let me share something with you. God has placed the mantle of, my, of Pastor Marvin being a pastor and having the love of God. And he's still determined. But this time he's determined to do what God says, to do it God's way, no longer his way. He's determined to have the word of God influence his life, but not only to influence his life, but to influence others. And that has impacted my life. And not only, I'm, he not only, he kicks now, he's still kicking, but he kicks the devil right out of people's lives. 
And another thing is, is that he still moves my heart. But this time he moves my heart with the anointing preaching of the, of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And always, always it's to, to make us stronger, to make us do, to make us to be all that God is, wants us to be. Again, the title of my message is to be a woman in prayer, but it, it's to be a, a woman of persistent prayer. Pastor Marvin taught me a very valuable lesson, and it was a principle that has impacted my prayer life forever. And that principle was when you go into prayer, it's to anchor your soul. That is your mind, your will, and your emotions on the word of God. And that anchor is like an anchor in a huge ship. You know, that anchor is not going to allow that ship to be moved and tossed. It's going to, that ship's going to may remain immovable and fixed. So when I go into prayer, he says, when you go into prayer, you do not waver in your trust in God. Do not waver in knowing that God is faithful. Do not waver in the word of God. And I learned to remain persistent, relentless, determined in my prayer life and not to be tossed around on the waves of doubt not to be tossed around on the waves of unbelief and that principle has stayed with me when we pray brothers and brothers and sisters we god can be trusted god is faithful and he wants to hear our prayers and he wants to answer our prayers god loves us and he wants us to love him God will never force himself on us. That's why we're to come eagerly. And what a privilege it is to come eagerly and passionately to God in prayer. Philippians 4, 6, 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds to Christ Jesus. So we bring everything to him in prayer with thanksgiving and honor. Now, I wanted to share in my study, I found, I read in Christianity, Christianity Today magazine that stated that statistically that Christian women pray more than Christian men. Well, I declare in the name of Jesus, we are women of prayer, but not just women of prayer. We are men of prayer. And, and as women and men of prayer, we're going to influence our generation, the sphere of influence that we have to, be, to teach others, to, to train others, to encourage others to be women and men of prayer, to be people of prayer. I found a profound quote that I also wanted to share with you about prayer. E.M. Bounds, a minister and chaplain during the Civil War, stated, God shapes the world by prayer. Prayers are deathless. Prayers outlive an age, a generation, outlive a world. God's heart is set on them. We want to talk today about three elements of persistent prayer, and that's to ask, seek, and knock. The word persistence means relentless or determined. Let's go to Luke 11, verse 1. Now it came to pass that Jesus, who was praying, who was praying? Jesus. Who's our example? Jesus. Should we be people of prayer? I believe so too. Now it came to pass when Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased 
that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught us, taught his disciples. So Jesus went into the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to come back to that. But in reply to the disciples' request, teach us to pray, Jesus gives us an earthly example. That earthly example is found in uh, verse 5. Uh, and Jesus said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, come on, friend, I need three loaves of bread. I have a friend that's come from a long journey, and I need three loaves of bread. Please give it to me. Now the friend on the other side of the door answers, Do not trouble me. Come on, friend, three loaves of bread is all I need. The door is shut. Friend, I'm not going to go away. Three loaves of bread is not much. Come on, my children are with me in bed. Friend, I'm telling you now, I'm not going to go away until I get those three loaves of bread. I cannot rise and give it to you. But Jesus said in verse 8, I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he's just a friend, He will rise because of his persistence. He will rise and give him as many as he needs. Jesus continues. He says in verse 9, So I say to you, ask, seek, and it will be given to you. Ask, I'm sorry. First, Jesus said to him, let's say it correctly because we want to say the word correctly. So So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. The first element of prayer that I want to speak to you about is we ask. That is inwardly focused prayer. What do we ask for? We ask God to meet our physical needs. We ask him to meet our our practical needs. We ask him to meet our, our spiritual needs. Not only for ourselves, but for our family and for the family of God. And don't forget, brothers and sisters, let's always follow that with praise and thanksgiving. Now, Jesus takes us through the Lord's Prayer. Four things the Lord wants us to, to ask for is, number one, his purpose. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Number two, Ask for his provision. Give us daily our daily bread. Number three, ask for his pardon. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted. Another translation is just as we forgive everyone who has done wrong to us. The fourth thing is to ask for his protection. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Another translation says, keep us from falling into sin when we are tempted to save, when we are tempted and save us from the evil one. I want to share a story with you that the the Holy Spirit prompted me to share about a time in my life that I had to ask for pardon. I had um, deep-seated unforgiveness in my heart. A time in my life that I had to ask for protection from the evil one. Brothers and sisters, when we walk with God, the end of our story is so much better. Because the end of our story cries victory. And then our beginning of our story cries pain. And it cries victory because Jesus came to set the captives free. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to break the chains of bondage. 
He came to deliver us from all the strongholds of the devil, who's a liar and a defeated foe in the name of Jesus. Now, what I'm about to tell you is very personal. I've never shared this with you with publicly. I've never shared it publicly. But I believe that I, the Holy Spirit is going to use it for God's glory and to help someone. Many, many years ago, when I was a child, I was sexually molested by a distant, distant, distant relative. And I stuffed that way deep in my heart. Many years later, after my children were born and, and were children... Uh, young children, this just began to happen. I began to be tormented, began to be tormented by fear, by anxiety. I began to be tormented by the lie of the enemy that said that this could possibly happen to my to my children. So what it, I began to be, uh, I began to be distrustful to people in church. And um, I, it affected my relationship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. It, it affected my relationship with my husband. So in persistent prayer, I asked the Lord. I said, set me free, Lord. Set me free and deliver me from the root of this, which was unforgiveness. I, I made a declaration that I wanted to forgive and to be set free of this. At a church service, brothers and sisters, at a church service, I mean, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And again, thank God for church homes. And it's wonderful to belong to a church home. Anyway, at a church service, the service had ended, and I was prompted in my heart. I knew I had to go forward uh, for the altar call. And um, as I was going forward, literally, audibly, I heard chains breaking and falling to the floor. And I knew those were the chains that had me bound. And I continued to make that journey, trusting God to the front of that altar. I was prayed for and um, received in the name of Jesus. On my way back to my seat, I just saw this instantly. It, just a, it was a vision. Just instantly I saw myself with a heavy, heavy coat just bound over. Just, and I could barely walk. And then just as instantly as I saw that, I saw Jesus. I knew it was Jesus because you know why? I spent time with him. I spent time in his word. I spent time in prayer. And I knew my master. I knew my savior. I knew his voice because I don't listen to the voice of his stranger. And he came to me and he says, I'm taking that coat of that burden. And it instantly came off of me and I stood up and he said, never again Again, will you carry that coat of burden? And when the devil comes to you to lie to you about your past, about the hurts of your past, about um, fear and anxiety, you tell him, shut up, devil, in the name of Jesus. My master has taken that burden. You take it up with my master. You take it up with him because I am free. I am free. Did I not tell you that the end of the story was better? Amen. Well, I'll tell you what. It gets even better. Because not only does, did he do for me, he wants to work through us as his vessels. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in this earthen vessel to bring heaven, heaven on this earth to reach out to other people. In church, in a woman's church meeting at church, 
at church, I was one of the prayer team leaders to minister at the front of the altar call, just like you all have here. And what a privilege that is, what an honor to be that earthen vessel, that, that vessel of honor that Pastor mentioned. And um, a young woman had come to me for prayer, and she just asked for prayer. I didn't know what it was for, but you know what? The Holy Spirit knows how to pray for us. He knows what we need. And you know, this precious woman prayed, and I remember praying, you know, Lord, just heal that deep-seated hurt inside of her. Heal those memories, Lord. Just heal her heart to minister her to her. She began to weep and cry. And as we finished the prayer time, she shared with me. She said, I knew I was supposed to come to you. I knew I was supposed to come to you. She said, you didn't know what was going on with me. But I needed to forgive. And I, had, I have hurt. And she said, my stepfather molested me when I was a child. And I have not forgiven him for him. I have not forgiven him for it. But see, God came to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted. We are his hands extended. We are his heart extended. We are his love extended. And this precious woman that day, her life was changed because of the power of the Holy Spirit, because of God's goodness, because of persistent prayer. The second element of persistent prayer is seek. It's upwardly focused prayer. We're not asking for God's hand any longer, but we're seeking God's face. We want to know him intimately. We want to develop that relationship with him. Let's go to Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go to pray. Go to what? Pray, and I will listen to you when you seek me with all your heart. What are we seeking for? The greatest aspect of persistent prayer is seeking to know God as a person, knowing his heartbeat, spending time with him in his word, getting to know his word, his character. Um, and when we're seeking, and when we're seeking, we also grow in that a relationship with God, an assurance of God's love, assurance in that in our trust towards God. When we get to know God as a person, we're going to know what he hurts for. We're going to know what makes him cry. We're going to know um, what we're going to know his feelings. And I believe, brothers and sisters, that he hurts for people that do not know him as, his, as their own personal Lord and Savior. So, brothers and sisters, we're instruments. Let's, we want to, to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and see others be blessed as we are blessed in our own lives with our relationship with God. Brothers and sisters, I believe he also hurts and cries over people that do know him as their personal Lord and Savior, that do know him as their Savior, yet they're in bondage. But you know what? Again, we are his instruments extended to others. I'm going to share a quick story. My husband and I live in San Antonio. We have a, a downtown river walk. And so we were enjoying an afternoon out together as a family. 
our children were small at the time. And I remember this family just caught my eye in the distance, caught my eye, and there's this father holding this child up in his shoulder, and this little precious child had a balloon in his hand, one of those helium balloons. And that was just a beautiful picture, but all of a sudden it changed. It changed. From, it just changed because the little precious boy lost the grisp, grasp of that balloon and it went off into the air. And all of a sudden that, that daddy placed that little boy down on the, on the sidewalk and he began to curse him. He began to say, why didn't you let that balloon go? And he cursed him. He was cursing him with curse words. And I said, Lord, why? Why did I have to see that? That hurts. And I believe that was God's heart. And he said, it just instantly in my heart, he said, you are my people called by my name. And you thought you needed to, you were where you needed to be at the time that you need, that you were. He said, and you needed, and you saw what you needed to see. He said, because you know my heart. He said, now pray for them. And so that instantly, that's what I began to do. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord of the harvest, send a laborer to cross that man's path. Lord, to cross that family's path, that he would receive the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That he would not remain in darkness. And that the, that the, the law of kindness would be upon his mouth. That as he speaks to his son, that he would speak life to him. That he would speak blessing to him in the name of Jesus. I claim that family for the family, for the kingdom of God. Prayer works. I may never know on earth what that prayer did, but I know that as we do, as we do what God wants us to do, Paul plants, Apollos waters, God brings the increase in Jesus' name. When we grow with the Lord in our relationship in such a way, then we move to another level of persistent prayer. And that brings me to the third element of persistence prayer. It's knock, which is outwardly focused. The third element of persistent prayer is to knock. What are we praying? I mean, what am I knocking for? Our persistent prayers then turn into, I'm knocking. Lord, use me, Lord. Use me. Set some open doors of opportunity, Lord God, that I can minister to people. Lord, use me to reach someone. Lord, use me to win the, win the people to Christ. Use me, Lord, as your vessel, your instrument. Use me, Lord God, to reach this generation for you. And as I'm knocking on those doors of opportunity... Lord, to, and it's to minister to other people for his glory, for his honor. 2 Corinthians 2.2 2 says, and this is Paul, a disciple of Christ, speaking, Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach, to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord. What was that door opened for? Brothers and sisters, it was opened for ministry. I'm going to share quickly Again, whatever sphere of livelihood that we may be in, wherever we may be, God gives us opportunities. And we hear those opportunities, and he just quickens us in those opportunities. It was an AT&T technician came into um, the office that I was working for. I, uh, I'm a contracted... Uh, Anyway, I was working on a contract, okay, for a uh, Christian counselor. 
They had moved to a, to a different office, was putting in that phone system. That AT&T technician was there at that office, and it was just he and I. He was talking about his family. Just He loved his family, talking about his children, and it just was quickening me. And I found the door of opportunity. I said, I noticed you love your family so much. You're talking about your children a lot. And I had the opportunity. I asked him, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord? and Savior. And he said, no, I don't. I have the opportunity to be able to share the gospel, the gospel of the mystery of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. How? On my own accord through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when we develop that relationship with God, we want what he wants. And he wants to reach others with the goodness that he's blessed us with. With the goodness that he's blessed us with in our own lives. And so he heard the plan of salvation, and he did want to receive. He accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And I began to pray for him. And you know how the Holy Spirit is. He, I began to pray about, you know, the Lord just forgiving him of, of things that he's done in his past, that he's feeling guilty about, that he was feeling shame about. And um, after the prayer time, ministering time, he shared with me, that he and his wife were separated. And it was because of infidelity or, you know, some things that were he was, of course, shameful for in his life. And then he began to also share with me that his daughter was an atheist. But, oh, joy, oh, joy, brothers and sisters, he was, old things have passed away, new things have come into his life now. And now I encouraged him in the word of God, found a church home that he could be plugged into in the area of his city. And now his family has a daddy that has the spirit of God living inside of him, that their family can grow in the goodness and the, and the goodness of God and all that God has for them. That brings me to my conclusion, brothers and sisters, and that's found in Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Every day, brothers and sisters, Jesus knocking on our, door, on our heart, on the door of our heart. Every day, Jesus is knocking on the door of our heart. Will we let him in? Will we spend time with him today? We will, will we pray and be in his word today? Will we ask him to meet our needs and the needs of our family and to meet the needs of others today? Will we seek to know? Will we seek to know him better? To grow in that intimate relationship with him today? Will we knock and ask for doors to be open to us to minister to someone today? Brothers and sisters, these are the fruits of persistent prayer. I want you at this close, stand up if you would just real quick. And I want your arms just raised up like this. And we're going to make a declaration in this place. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. I've heard your word, and I'm not the same. And right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I declare that I will ask, that I will seek, and that I will knock. I declare 
that I am a woman, if you're a woman, that I am a man, if you're a man, that I am a child, if you're a child, of, of prayer. But not just prayer, but of strong prayer, persistent prayer, with all my heart. Satan, you're a defeated foe in my life. I belong to Jesus. And I am determined through the power of the Holy Spirit to follow God, to learn God's word, and to be obedient. I will touch this generation for the kingdom of God, for your glory, Lord, for your honor. In Jesus' name, let's give him glory, praise. Thank you, Father. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you all.